I call on the light within. I call on the light within. I call on the light within. If you like, uh, that could be a bit uh, your mantra for this weekend. I call on the light within. Go down on your knees. Call on the light within. Actually, what I would like to do with most of you is put you to bed, bring you a cup of chocolate (laughs) and tuck you in and hold your hand and tell your fairy tales. (laughs) I think that's what most of you need. Not not all of you, but most. So, my uh, the things I'm saying, they they are my chocolate. All you could do is to let me in. I mean, not me. Stefan Pender. But somehow I ended up tonight here, sitting in this place as the spokesman for the light within. And I have a beautiful symbol for the light within behind me. Avalokiteshvara or Shanrizik, as as he called us in Tibetan, he is a symbol for for the light within. And uh, His Holiness Dalai Lama is um, seen by the Tibetans as the embodiment of Avalokiteshvara.
So true, true meditation is to connect with the light within. To fall into it. It's not something you can do. It takes you. Why does it seem sometimes it's that we lost the connection with the light within? You could also say your heart, your love, who you really are, who you really want to be, aliveness, joy. connectedness. And there are different ways to talk about this, but in the Tibetan tradition they describe two kinds of whales, covers. What's the Swedish word for that? Slöjör or something? Slöjör. Slöjör. There's a cognitive veil, which is the, distortion of reality through the dualistic split, subject-object split. So awareness, the light within, doesn't recognize her own radiance as herself. That would be like the sun doesn't recognizing the light rays as herself. And then she starts to tense against the light rays. So we are not going to look so much at the cognitive distortion, but we will more explore the second kind of veil and that is the emotional veil which comes from the distortion in the moment awareness does not recognize her own radiance she defends against it and that's where the feelings come in fear Aggression, grasping. And that creates this veil, it hides. It's like the sun is covered by clouds. And it feels like you lost home. It feels like you lost the most precious. 
the emotional world has another aspect to it, and that's the defense against your feelings. That's the first layer, the defense. Being afraid of feelings, not wanting to feel. And when we start to meditate, quite often that's the first layer which is obvious, which becomes which comes into our awareness. We feel discomfort in the body. We feel tiredness. We feel a pressure in the chest, in the stomach. We feel some something, something. We don't maybe don't know what it is, but we are just not happy. <laughs> yeah. I mean happy. You know, like happy, happy. Not not bungee jumping happy, but happy, happy. Just that happiness of life, of love. So I have terrible news for you. And I'm really sorry to be the messenger. <laughs> if I would know any other way, I would tell you. But the only way out is through. You have to feel your feelings. If you want to wake up, to the light within, or in the end it's the discovery that you are the light within. There's no way around the layers. There's no, round, there's no way around the veils. There's no shortcut. There's no breakthrough like... I now I meditate so I can break through through all the difficult feelings without feeling them. It just doesn't work. Of course, through some meditations like meditation on the breath and meditation on the mantra, you can have like kind of moments of some peace because the conceptual mind calms down but as soon as you go back to life it will be the same again that's why people have this experience they do some meditation practice in the retreat or they do some yoga practice during the weekend and then they go home and it's the same same fears same addictions because the underlying feeling is not felt out Or the other practices which bring you away from your feelings, in a way, of course they have their value. But if you really want, and that's a question one could and really has to ponder, maybe maybe we can do that a little this, this weekend, 
What is it what you want? Really? So then, you know, of course on the material level there's probably some wishes you have, but is that really what you want? Or, or what do you expect if you have these things, whatever it is? So what, what is it what you really want? Because the light within will take you only when you really, really want it. I mean, when you're really open to it. Wanting is maybe not the right word. But if you really, if you really feel from your side the, the yearning to go home, but you also feel how home calls you, As Jesus said, you know, if, if you knock on the door, uh, it will open, but you have to knock. And not half-heartedly. Like, yeah, I'm knocking like five minutes uh, uh, during the day, and, and then, you, then everything else is more important. How, what other people think of us and, and all that stuff. This knocking. And then it will open. It wants to come. You know? The light within, it's just like, ah, it's like, it wants to come. You know, it wants to shine through you, through your eyes, through your hands, through your mouth. It wants to shine. It's like, it loves you so much. So that's, My, my invitation to explore what I actually mean when I say to feel your feeling. What does it actually mean? How do you feel a feeling? And the feeling is not the tension in your body. That's that's a sensation. That's a problem with I'm an expert in that. That's a problem for people who are doing this kind of sensations in the body meditation. They do it and do it, and you know I'm always because I have done it a lot, so I'm always aware of any pressure in the body, and uh, you know, so. But that's sensation; that's not feeling. It's actually most of the time the sensations in the body they are fending, defending feelings, suppressing feelings, not wanting to feel. So if you get stuck there and you are good in meditating on it, then there is some peace, and it's good. And sometimes, if you do it gently, lovingly, kind of in a melting way, you can actually bring some movement into that 
contraction into that tension into that you know. but that's still not the feeling the feeling is that what opens then once the, this tension relaxes a little that's the feeling and how do you feel your feeling with your heart If you are, if you ever never have heard this, what I've just said, which could be, even if you have done vipassana retreats and things like that, could be that you have never heard that as a possibility. Actually, what I'm saying here, it's not only a possibility. If you want to wake up to the inner light within, the path is through your through the feelings. Not only, I mean, even if you if you, if your path is not a path to the inner light within, but to others, what's the bridge to others? Feeling. You connect with someone when you're met as a feeling human being and when you meet the other person in her feelings. That's where we connect from heart to heart. To feelings. Now, sometimes we end up in a relationship where the connection is just you're having breakfast together and some superficial thoughts, but sharing some. But there's no heart connection because you don't share feelings. You don't feel met in your feelings. You don't meet your partner in your fe- in his feelings or in her feelings. And then there is no connection. So even uh, if kind of awakening and stuff like that is a bit too, I don't know, you can't really connect with that. Definitely we all, we all want to connect with others. We all want to feel connected. We all want to feel being loved and loving. And the door to that is feelings. Most spiritual practice, I, I mean, I'm saying sometimes, you know, everything I say, keep it lightly. Because when I say things, I immediately, or when I say something, I could say the opposite with the same kind of, uh, so, yeah, keep it lightly. You know, if you want to navigate this bizarre place we are in, I mean, you know, we need to have maps and maps are simplified they are never the truth so I don't tell any truth keep it lightly and you don't need to debate with what I'm saying I'm doing that myself so you don't (laughs) (laughs) Just, just let it in and feel and you don't need to remember what I say just feel. With your heart. And so, what I wanted to say is, it could be that actually most of what is called spiritual practice is actually bypassing and just trying to feel better for ourselves. 
Could be. And still, of course, the, it's, it has benefit, yeah? So there is the temporary benefit. And I'm saying that because I'm doing, I'm doing it, and I did it. I mean, heavy-duty spiritual practice, just as a defense of who I am and what I feel. And there's so many people who feel stuck in their meditation practice. They reach a kind of place. Mainly it's about feeling good about yourself, that you meditate and that you are part of the club. But nothing really happens. Nothing really happens in terms of experiencing the light within. Same problem, same So what do you do what do I mean with feelings, feeling your feelings? It's difficult for me to talk about this, and this is the first time that I'm more comfortable with German. It's the first time. I always felt uncomfortable with German talking about the Dharma in German. But now, I feel like the English is a bit poor. <laughs> maybe my English, but maybe in general. yeah. Uh, so, But I will try. Just the word feeling is not a good word. Uh, because, um, so feel your feelings. So what is that, what I mean with feelings? Yeah. So forget the Buddhist, uh, in case you have learned the Buddhist definition, you know, like what feelings is, part of the 51 mental factors and stuff like that. I think uh, there is a word uh, in body-oriented therapy, and it's called the felt sense. It's a term which was coined by Eugene Gendlin, who developed the practice of focusing. The felt sense. So when we talk, when I talk, when I use the word feeling here, I'm not talking obviously about the thoughts. They are also part of an emotion, but uh, you can't feel thoughts, yeah? Uh, and that's an important part of this exploration, also how to you know, bring words and thoughts into that, but I don't know if there's time for that. But it's not the thoughts. So I already said it's not the obvious sensations in your body. It's something more subtle, something more mysterious. From the tantric point of view, you would talk about the energy body, why it's also called the emotional body. In the tantric view, it's said that a feeling is a movement in the emotional body.
And I just want to make you curious about that. Yeah? Not like, uh, oh, so what's my feeling? What's my feeling? Uh, because that's the best way to kind of scare them away. Yeah? But just as a curiosity, you know? And maybe I remind you tomorrow also, like, just how do I feel? Yeah? So if I now would ask you, how, how do you feel? So where do your mind go? I can tell you where my go. My mind goes to the sensations in my body. And I could tell you, yeah, I have this slight tension in my chest. Yeah, I have that now. But that's not, that's not how I feel. It's a sensation in the body. And actually this sensation... Um, is a defense. I'm fending off a feeling. And I can feel it in my chest. So now I have worked with that a bit. So I know that, so the defense says, I don't want to feel this. But the feeling behind which I don't want to feel is fear. I, I'm afraid right now that I make an idiot out, my, out of myself. So that's the feeling. <sighs> yeah, that's... I can... So when I point to the sensation... I can kind of, you know, I can point here. But to the feeling, that's why I made like this, you know. It's like, I don't know really where it is. This is like, it's like, I almost feel like it's here somewhere. Or, you know, it's, it's nowhere. It's, it, it's kind of not part of the physical, normal reality. It's not made from atoms. So I'm sorry if you are a hardcore materialist. <laughs> but there's hope for you also. Yeah? Maybe you still have this idea that feelings are somewhat in the brain or you, know, you have read what happens in the brain when there's feelings. But this is still not feeling your feelings. I mean, there's so many people who know so much about feelings, what happens in the brain, and they have all kinds of theory. And they are babies in feeling their feelings. And all this thinking about feelings and having theories about them and knowing what is happening in the, in the receptors and things like that, it's just another smart, not, uh, smart defense on how not to feel. I mean, don't go to a cognitive psychologist <laughs> if you want to meet feelings. Sorry if there's some, it's just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> but, I mean, all of them, they turn to the body now because, you know, it didn't work. Cognitive. It didn't work. So, so now, when I... So, and then actually, it could be that 
it doesn't take long time to really feel the feeling to the end. I'm, all, I'm surprised about that. You would think, like, a sadness. There could be also a sadness now in here. Also. You, could, you could think, ah, oh, this would take, like, years to feel my sadness, you know, because it's, but, but it is actually not like that. So, right now, what I noticed when I noticed, when I talked about the fear and I invited it in and I made this movement... And then two things happen. One thing is I connect deeper with you. I feel you. And you feel me. And there's a relief. I feel more alive, more here, more present. It's not gone completely, so I could do it again. But then, what happens then also, I fall. Then I will say something about the falling at another point. But but then, uh, there is a, a silence arises. A silence arrives. A peace arrives. And it is a peace which is not disconnected. It's not my peace. We are in that peace together. And there's stillness. Because my mind, my conceptual mind now doesn't need to find a solution or it's like there's nothing to think about. The feeling was felt and then a feeling which is felt in this way becomes Becomes like a like a door or to peace. So one thing with feelings is, and that that's an image from Gentling. He says feelings are like a shy deer in the forest of your subconscious. 
<laughs> so if I ask you, uh, how do you feel? The answer, oh, I have this tension, that becomes very quick. But if you want to open to that subtle mystery of feelings, you need to have time, probably. At least if you are like me. <laughs> Particularly if you have as a coping strategy with overwhelming feelings in your, in your history, back to childhood, if you have developed a habit of freeze, which many children do, freeze. So you feel that inside. You don't feel anything. You get actually, if, then, if someone would continue to kind of insist on having the answer for how do I feel, like imagine that, a woman asking me how to feel, how you feel, how do you feel, It's a shy idea. It runs deeper into the forest. It's very delicate. Very, you need to do it so tenderly, so kindly. Like this shy deer in the forest. So imagine a shy deer in the forest and you would want to communicate with it. You want to have a relationship with it. If you, if you kind of agree upon that it is not a good idea to suppress feelings out of different reasons, yeah? probably intellectually we can kind of, most of us we could agree upon that because we, we, we know that suppressed feelings are the reason for most of our sicknesses actually. But if you have any kind of symptom happening during this retreat, any kind of physical symptom, it's very likely it has to, something to do with suppressed feelings. It's possible. I wouldn't say all the symptoms, but because I don't know. But so if you if you have understood that, then you you feel it makes sense to invite the feelings back. And of course, that also means you have the willingness not only to invite the feelings back right now, today, but you, you, with that invitation, you invite all the unfelt feelings from your whole life, you invite them back. All the parts of you, you, you have abandoned. Because they don't go away. In the Buddhist teachings, it's called karma. They don't go away. They continue to shape and distort the way you relate to others, to your reality, to your feelings, habits. And in the Buddhist teachings and the karma teachings, we learn they, they not even go away with death. That could be like, you know, some people like a materialist could say, okay, I just suppress my feelings with, you know, with how I do with Netflix and drinking and being busy and then I die and then it's finished then I'm gone and all the unfelt feelings they are just yeah. but we don't know really 
don't know what's going to happen. So imagine this idea. So, so what do you do to make friends with this idea? Like every quick movement, any kind of aggression, it will immediately run away. So first, you first you need to greet it. Hello, but not too loud. <laughs> it's like hello. You show that you are there. You look at it with your no. You look at it while being connected with your inner light. You know, through your presence, do you know these feelings that through the way you look, through the way you, you, you direct your presence to a pers- person, you can signal that person that you are non-violent. How do you do it with a baby? And patience. The deer will never come if there is a shred in you left which wants to get rid of that feeling. That's quite tricky. Because, you know, we want, yeah, okay, this makes sense, feeling your feelings, and then I get, then I'm ri- then I get rid of them. Yeah? So then I feel better. So be aware of that. It's not something which one can just stop, but you know, you become aware. Mm, yeah, I'm actually still meditating and having some kind of spiritual practice because I want to get rid of myself. I want to get get rid of something in me. There's aggression in it. Even acceptance. You know, people say, you know, accept, accept, accept. But it's kind of, yeah, yeah, I accept you, but then you go away, right? <laughs> and then, how long should I accept you? You know, I, now I accepted you for five minutes. You know, so it's like, and you're still there. Doesn't work. Acceptance doesn't work. <laughs> it takes time to, to deepen your yes. It really takes time. The deer comes out, you know. It comes out. And maybe you put some food there. And then, no, then it runs away, you know. And then you need to go a bit more f- further away, you know. And then it comes. Yeah, I mean these poor feelings. No, they were trotten, they were beaten up, they were judged. I shouldn't feel like that. It's so embarrassing. I'm a bad person because I feel like this. I don't have any reason to feel like this. You know, it's like I mean no wonder that they are that, that they don't want that they don't trust. So sometimes it's helpful to personify that you know, with the inner child or something like that. That might happen. 
see if you can recognize something of what I said. Uh, maybe another uh, pointer is usually there's a few there's there's not only one feeling. Like right now, for example, you could feel still a bit anxious from arriving here and it's a new situation and so on. But maybe there's also some something maybe something what I said touched you and you feel a bit or you feel some warmth or something like that. Yeah. So there's maybe so and it's also a question, so in what direction do you want to go? And both make sense sometimes to kind of turn towards that maybe what now opened a bit into you. Uh, what was something which opened? But, but then, of course, the horrible things is tears might come. And then, oh God, Someone might, might might be disturbed by my tears or something like that. And on the other hand, it also makes sense to turn towards that which is there's some discomfort, there's some fear, some exhaustion, something from your life. So. It's also a sense to turn toward that. We will have a break soon. And then uh, I will need a meditation. Before the meditation, I, I, I want to add something. And that is, in order to uh, create a space, a container, connect with resources so that you can, that you feel, yeah, you can tap into this. In our first meditation, I want to invoke a sacred space. Where we are together as Sangha. So we... um, not all of us, we, we don't know each other. Some, some are very familiar with each other since many years, but there's also some new people. Uh, so it f- sometimes it's easy then to feel like disconnected, and, you know, not being part. Or, and there's ways to kind of make these kind of connections, but... Uh, in this retreat, we uh, we will rely on silence. So being silent together, it's also equally important that all of us we we cultivate and train the sharing level, sharing feelings, talking about them, feeling another person in her feelings and being felt in your feelings. It's very very important. 
it's it's really an it's really an important part of awake of waking up. It's it's not possible to meditate your way through 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 all the veils because they they not even come up. There's this stories in the Tibetan tradition of some yogis who have some pseudo awakening somewhere in the cave, and as soon as they come back and someone criticizes them, boom. Because their practice didn't address the pain, the, the deeper levels, stays on the surface, or finds another way into peace, uh, into stillness. Also, we are in silence. See if you can, if it's possible for you not to exclude the others, but to feel them, to be aware of them. Maybe sometimes look at them, or, you know, just, but just feel them, you know. Like, if you stand somewhere in the queue, or you, you, you meet someone in the corridor, you don't need to look in, in each other's eyes or something, but you no, know, there's two different ways to do it. Like you can you can just acknowledge the other person, feel internally, feel the other person, and you might notice that when you meet someone on the corridor, that something in you contracts. Yeah, there's already some social anxiety, you know, by just passing a person for some people. And that's fine. So then you feel that. Oh. And it's very likely that the other person felt the same. One way to make a connection, I don't know, this doesn't work for everyone, but maybe for a few. Like an internal connection is may I introduce you to some of your many mothers you have had. They are just sitting behind you. They are sitting in front of you. They have been your mothers. In, in, drop the blah, blah, blah stuff. You know? <laughs> just, they have been sacrificing their life for you. Now you don't recognize them. Just a few lifetimes ago, not long, my favorite place in the whole universe was Alex Lamp. <laughs> because I was his little baby daughter and he was my mother now I don't recognize I could kind of <laughs> we recognize each other little yeah. but if I would know him I wouldn't recognize him yeah, so that's that's one way. So the other is we are all human beings with feelings. We all 
struggle. Big time. Big time. And I'm, I think I'm the one who kind of knows most, I know quite a lot of you, and I've talked with some of you, and I, I know how much. And, and we don't need to tell the stories even. But it's, it's pretty amazing what some people in this room go, go through or went through in their life. And, and of course, it, it helps to talk about it. I mean, then it would be more, maybe easier, but maybe we can kind of imagine. Imagine we, we would have like now two hours of round and you know everyone, you know, can't you see it in their faces? How they, how they walk, how they hold their body. Can't you see the pain? And also, they see it in you. Maybe you feel like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I learned to put up some kind of show that I'm fine and that I have my shit together and maybe you are uh, quite good, or good at it. But you can't fool the others. They see it. They see it in your wrinkles, in your eyes, in your face, the way you walk, the way you sit. It's silly that we think we can hide. So that that can create a, a sense of kinship, a sense of we are human beings with feelings, and as Soliness often says, we all want to be happy. So we all we we are all actually on the way towards the light within. Maybe you don't feel like that. Maybe you think that's not for you. But, but every, everything else will fail. Everything else will fail. Everything else will not bring you home. So you will keep on seeking. And then at one point... You will turn towards the light within. So that's part of the sacred space, the Sangha. And then we have some symbols here. Maybe you can connect with them, maybe not. But then, what I would like to invite you and to bring, uh, bring with, uh, with, our, uh, with you into the next session, and I will give some space to that, what are your sacred spaces in your life? One could also call them power places. So where in your, where in your life did you enter places where you felt you are in the presence of the divine or you know, something opens up, something... It's difficult to, to put a word on it, what it is. It could be like the, the, the room where the Christmas tree is as a child, you know. 
So what are your sacred spaces? And maybe you have been in places like Bodhgaya or Bodhanath in the Buddhist. Maybe you have been in Vatsdena in the cathedral or maybe you have some other chapel somewhere or some temple. And it could be even um, a place you never physically went. So, you know, maybe you have a connection to some... You know, I've, I've never was uh, at this mountain of where, where Ramana Maharashi live, lived. I forgot the name of this mountain. Yeah. Is this like when I see pictures of it or a documentary? Is this like it's a sacred space for me. And I've, I never was there. But, but kind of, I can enter that space. I can enter Ramana Maharashi's space through thinking about that place, imagining it has a particular shape. And I mean, I would love to go to Israel. Yeah. Imagine that to walk the streets where Jesus walked. Probably for some of you, it's more like nature. Yeah. Swedish people are not so much in, into that kind of... <laughs> uh, <laughs> but maybe, maybe there is something. So, and that's very important to, uh, to, to, to find out how, for yourself, how can you enter a sacred space so that you feel supported, <laughs> that you feel helped, that you feel, ah, oh, yeah, I'm so afraid of this feeling and I can't do it alone because then it will overwhelm me, it will eat me up, it will, it will kill me. That's, that's, it's, of course, nonsense. No feeling will kill you. But, but that's how it feels. So that's why it's so important to, and that's if if it's if the the defense towards that feeling is very very strong, then probably one would need to do some therapy. You, you can't do it then probably like just by yourself in your meditation, even if you meditate on the in the group. But in order to go deeper. And, and, and the, the, the idea with therapy is also just that. The presence of the ther therapist then creates a sacred space in which you can look at your feelings together. So the space gets bigger. You, you feel like you don't need to hold it alone. So that's why in the Tibetan tradition, when we do any kind of practice, we enter this temple surrounded by these angels surrounded by protectors, even by wrathful protectors, who really are like strong, and they are there, and they protect you. And and then you can fall, then you can fall, then you can let go.
So let's have 15 minutes break. And then, uh, so we continue 20 past. Uh, and we will start with the silence tomorrow. So also uh, after the meditation, uh, uh, there's probably some time. So if you still want to talk a little, so it's not so abrupt. Yeah. So, um, but of course, maybe you are also tired and go to bed. Just, <laughs> just uh, I know it's, it's horrible. When I start to talk, I don't stop. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, uh, with the chocolate and, you know, lying down, really take this weekend as a rest. It's just, you know, and, you know, my blah, blah, just let it pass, you know. This is like, yeah, also... Don't come here into this room and feel, oh, I need to meditate and I don't know how and what is meditation. And also, uh, you don't need to kind of think and think and think and make all this connection, you know, compare all. Probably he means this and this system and I've heard this before. And then think, 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 trying to make connection. Just cut this crap as much as possible. And just rest, you know, just hang hang around and come here and and you can also lie down. Yeah. If you fall asleep, it's fine. I I, I enjoy when people fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, I do. Because they get anyway what I have to say. Maybe more so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they get more what I what I say, because the mind is not the conceptual mind is is not so. Yeah. So you you lie down, you rest, sleep. Try to sleep also in the lunch break. Sit on a chair, and, but then also that makes it possible for you to come to all the sessions because you don't need to meditate. You can if you have a headache, you can just lie on your yoga mat and just have your headache there. Or if you feel very tired, just lie down there and, and you feel very tired. There. It's a very good place to have headache and feel tired. Really. Because you, you feel you, you are together. You know? You're not alone. 